Welcome to the Tiger for Life podcast, where we'll hear stories from Washingtonians from their favorite food at Waltz or the CAF to their favorite Tiger Tunes shows and professors. We'll also find out what they've been up to outside the famed Washita bubble. I'm your host, John Merriman, Washita's Director of Alumni Relations. Today on the Tiger for Life podcast is alumnus Joey Licklider from the class of 2002. Joey served as a student worker, assistant technical director, technical director, and production manager of the Jones Performing Arts Center here on campus during his 17-year career at Washita. In 2015, Joey moved to Orlando, Florida to work as a stage technician in Animal Kingdom at Walt Disney World, working on Finding Nemo the Musical and Rivers of Light. Joey now serves as an entertainment technician and production planner at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex at Disney. Joey shares about his work at Disney World, his years in JPAC, his favorite tune shows, and favorite memories of his time as a student and on staff, like Walt's Steak and Shrimp Nights, and learning from incredible professors like Dr. Bill Downs and Dr. Dave Osmond. All right, Joey Licklider, welcome to the Tiger for Life podcast. Hi, John. Thanks for having me. So fun, friend. How are things in Orlando today? Uh, It's nice. We've got a cool front coming through, so it's only 80 degrees today, Um, but it's starting to feel like fall a little bit. So that's nice to get a break from the heat. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure a little bit down there. Um, have you gotten any uh, hurricane kind of weather down there this season? We've, we've, we've dodged the bullet pretty good this time. There's been a couple that have kind of come close, but then turned away or have gone into the Gulf. So we haven't gotten anything, any direct hits this time. That's good. You know, we've been uh, dealing with tropical storm beta and which mm-hmm. is hysterical. People are saying that should be a tunes theme, which it really Oh should my be. gosh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it just rained and rained and rained with Tropical Storm Beta, which it should be more of a Chi Delta thing, I think, after Chi Delta rain. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they oh can goodness. do a combo. Combo. Yeah, show. they can combine a show. <laughs> now, most people probably know you from your time in JPAC. I feel like probably half of our alums from the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years know you because they've been in there. I worked with you on tech stuff for shows, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell me how long did you work in JPAC? Cause I couldn't remember exactly. I know you were a student worker and then mm-hmm. worked there. Tell me about your JPAC career. So I started as a freshman in 1998 on work study in JPAC. Uh, and I was there for the whole four years as work study. Then when I graduated, I got a full-time job uh, to work there with John Tolbert and Brian Bailey and Lee Krause and all the other people that were the, technical directors at the time. Uh, And then I was there um, until 2015 when I left. Uh, So that's about 17 years uh, that I've worked in there. It was great. It was a long time uh, and uh, some great times. (laughs) Yeah, you even had the JPEG license plate on your car, the Washita plate. Yeah, I had had JPEG as my license plate with the Washita custom plate uh, and the four letters were JPAC. Yeah. <laughs> Did you I still to- have it on my wall here. Yeah, I have it here on my wall in my house. I was going to ask you if it was there. Yeah. Len, what did you enjoy most about working in JPAC? Um, well, it was fun to do all of the shows, you know, working with the students and, and just doing the shows was, was really rewarding. Um, working with the students was a big part of it because I had student workers and uh, they would change from year to year or even they would some last, you know, for uh, several years. Um, and being able to teach them the technical side of the things that we got to do with the sound and the lights and everything. And then the working with the performers too, and the, those l- learning their craft as well. And, um, 
you know, that the education is the whole reason that was there. So even though we were in the theater and performing and doing technical things, we were still teaching and learning. Uh, so that was, that was a, a really great part of it. We were always trying to get better each time and, and learn more and, and, and make it more exciting. So um, working with the students was really the best part. Did you have a lot of technical experience before that work study position in JPAC, or did you learn most everything on the job starting there? I did a little bit in high school. I worked, um, you know, worked on the sound team at our school uh, and, you know, would set up a sound system for like football games and run it for uh, events that we had. Uh, so I had a little bit. I actually came to Washita as a mass communications major, um, and I originally intended to be work study in the mass comm department. Um, but then I switched once I got there and saw JPAC and thought, I want to work in here. Um, and I guess that changed everything. <laughs> uh, so I had a little bit of experience, but then of course, learning, learning a ton while working in JPAC uh, for a long time. I was able to learn a lot for, for a very long time. Yeah. Now list everything you learned in your years. In oh JPEG. No, my gosh. <laughs> That's going to take a long list time. Every skill you learned uh, over 17 years. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, now, I know that you are currently working at the happiest place on earth, right? Yeah. Working uh, in Disney. Uh, how long have you been at Disney and what kind of things have you been doing down there? Yeah, so I work at Walt Disney World in Orlando. I've been here since 2015. So I left Washita and moved here to Orlando. Um, I am an entertainment technician. So I get to work on sound and lights and video and staging and effects and all the parts of shows and events that happen. Uh, in the parks around uh, everything that happens at Disney World. There's a lot going on all the time. It's a little different right now um, since uh, the pandemic has changed a lot of stuff. Um, but there's a ton of great technicians and performers and everybody at Disney World uh, are the things that I get to do. Fun. Have there been some uh, projects you've enjoyed working on? Uh, what are some of the things you've gotten to do? Well, when I started, um, the first show I worked on was Finding Nemo, the musical at Animal Kingdom. Uh, and that was really great because it's basically a full Broadway show in a theme park. Um, so that was really great. It's, it's a fun show. It's hard work, um, but, but it's a lot of fun. Some amazing performers, um, also talented. They're really a lot of fun to work with. I also got to work on the opening team for Rivers of Light the new nighttime show at Animal Kingdom. Um, so the crew was there to put all of the technical elements together and rehearse the show and run the show and then keep it running. Unfortunately, that show is closed now, um, but it's still, I still have a lot of great memories on that show and got to meet some really great people that have gotten me to be able to do uh, more, more better things here too. Fun. In your Disney work there, do you have a favorite Disney character? Well, everybody loves Mickey Mouse. I got to go classic and, and love Mickey Mouse. Just getting to see him around is, is really a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm sure there's lots of fun parts of, of your job. Has there been a, a moment in your work at Disney where you thought, like, that was one of the coolest things that I've been able to do? Well, getting to open Rivers of Light was big because it was the first time Animal Kingdom had a nighttime show. So that was big to be a part of. Uh, and so I really enjoyed being on that. But any favorite uh, Disney movies? Do you have any that you love? Oh, wow. I have Disney Plus, so everything is on there. Um, and so it's fun to just put something on and watch a show for a while. Um, my favorite Disney movie, gosh. There's so many new ones and old ones. 
uh, one of my favorite Disney movies that I never realized was a Disney movie growing up was Flight of the Navigator. Oh, yeah. Um, if you remember that. Yeah. So that one's a fun one. Because um, I've always, always, always wanted to do that, you know, get, be able to fly in the pod and go to space. So, <laughs> yeah, that was one of my favorite movies as a kid. And we watched it in school. Oh, yeah. And it was the TV version. And as a children's minister in Nashville, I thought, hey, let's have like a retro movie night. Come over to my house. We made popcorn and we showed Flight of the Navigator. And it actually has some pretty bad language in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so every time there was a bad word, I'd be like, oh, no, we have to shut it off. And Emily would be like, oh, just let it roll a few more minutes. And I'm like, okay. And then there'd be another. I was another like, one. Oh, no. oh, no. I realized that I watched the 1980 whatever TV version and it, you know. Was clean. It was, clean it was edited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think one of my favorite Disney movies is Newsies. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember going to the Disney store to buy the VHS. It was like so. Oh, fun. wow. <laughs> yeah. We still have, I remember growing up, we still, I think my parents still have all of our old Disney VHS tapes uh, in those, in the big book folder thing that's the, uh, that they're all in. Uh, we probably have those in a closet somewhere. <laughs> A lot of fun in those. I think, you know, I know that you've seen a lot of uh, things in JPAC. Are there things that you, um, I obviously know you love your job in Disney, but are there things that you miss about JPAC and working there or things you miss about Washita while you're, you know, working for an amazing place? Oh, yeah. Uh, being on Washita's campus is really special. Um, everybody has has some really great every mem- great memories of everywhere on campus. Uh, just being all over there is, is really really great. I remember just walking around on campus and hearing Barry Chapel bells. And even now, if I've seen videos or something and I can hear it in the background of the video and I remember, oh, the Barry Chapel bells always brings back great memories. JPEG was always where I was. So um, a lot of memories in there. Working with the students, uh, I think, is probably, you know, the big part of being in there and getting to to help teach them and, and learn. And I always learned, even, even teaching them was always learning something. So that was really rewarding. Nice. You know, as someone who's seen a lot of Tiger Tunes performances and working with the host and hostess and being there for like every club practice for years, planning, lighting, and sets, I want to talk all things Tunes Rewind today with you, if you're cool with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm <laughs> um, sure it's different right now since uh, the show's not happening the same way. We should be in, in club rehearsals right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. The, the first night we came up for rehearsals, which was just host, Emily and I were kind of sad. We walked up to JPAC and it was just like, this is a little bit sad. Yeah, but yeah. when we've watched them, you know, rehearse and record some of their songs, it's actually really fun. And I've been super stressed because, you know, normally you like contract out little parts of it. Like you get some lighting help. Well, all of it is a video from someone. And I'm like, okay, you hold my yeah. job and life and career in your hands. So <laughs> here we go. But um, Very different. Yeah, it's pretty different. But last night, I mean, Sunday, I was really stressed. We had um, some technical issues and I thought, yeah, I'm going to have to pull the plug on part of this. And then last night it all came together at tech rehearsal and I thought, okay, it's going to be fine. And it's actually going to be really great. You know, it's like, yeah, it always happens that way. It always comes together at the last minute. It's stressful for the first few weeks, but then when it happens, it's really great. Yeah. They ran the opener last night and I was like that, like they nailed it, like completely proud of them. And they've had to stay safe to be able to do this. We've got, you know, couple hundred students quarantined right now and cases on campus and they have really done their part to make sure we can do this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I've been impressed with them. Um, So talking tunes with rewind coming this weekend, 
what is your all-time favorite tune show? I know there's probably a lot, but um, do you have a favorite show and why is that your favorite? Wow. 17 years of Tiger Tunes. It's hard to pick one show. <laughs> um, I still remember the Campus Ministries Pirates show. That mm-hmm. was in 2006. Uh, I, I think that was a really great show. I remember it because it was fun to do Lights 4. They had a really big storm shipwreck scene where you know they were all running across the stage like the ship was being tossed from side to side and so uh it was fun to be to really be creative with them and put together um a really great show for that one i I, that one really stands out to me fun you know that's probably everyone's biggest topic on campus right now everyone's like what's your favorite show you know we had a, a running tally going in the office of everyone's favorite show and um, you know, everybody voting for rewind, what shows will be on there. So that's been really fun yeah. to relive those. Um, what are a couple of your favorite like tunes, host songs or sets that you were able to, to be around for? Again, there's so many of those that we worked on. Um, it's hard to pick one of those. Um, I remember 2013, we added a band to play all of the music, which that was a big decision because it was hard to do to get everything put together. I had a lot of help with students to get uh, to get the music arranged and get all the instruments, all the, all the players and everybody put together. That was hard to do. Um, but in the end, I think it turned out pretty good. We ended up putting them backstage behind uh, so we could feature them on a couple numbers and then or not see them and then just have them play. So technically, that was really hard to do. But uh, and it was fun to learn again on that one and do some fun stuff. Uh, other host and hostess sets, we did. We got to do a lot of fun things where we would pick, you know, decades or boy bands or girl bands, and that was fun. Just being able to pick different styles of music or different things to put together um, for a whole show. Yeah, rewind has been kind of weird because we don't have to worry about transitions or oh man. Close. <laughs> <laughs> Last night we did like tech rehearsal and. They could just take their time getting changed and, you know. Oh gosh, no, no. You should have made them, give them two minutes, go change and come back. <laughs> we'll do that tonight. We'll, we'll give them. Yeah. A Pretend warm. it's a real show. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's strange, like backstage, there's no boxes, you know, for the props oh, and, yeah. and all that stuff. So it's been, it's been different. I hope we only do this, this one time. <laughs> <laughs> we do rewind one time. Um, what are a couple of your favorite creative or technical elements you were able to add to tunes? And I know that, you know, we always try to do something, you know, different mm-hmm. or fun each show. Are there some memorable tech moments for you in tunes? Yeah. Every year we would try to add something to make it bigger and better, more lighting or something. I remember when we added the, uh, video projections to the psych where it was the one big image across the back. Um, that was, that was exciting cause we could add, uh, some dynamic video or graphic elements to the show and create a, you know, a more of a setting or something. Um, um, and the clubs were able to then use that too, to put a background, you know, on, on their show. Um, that was, that was probably pretty, that was pretty complicated. One of the hardest things to do uh, in JPEG because we didn't have the infrastructure sort for it. So it was have to put all of that in. Um, and we use that for a lot of things over the years. That was that was more than just Tiger Tunes. But every year we would add either new lighting equipment or uh, different sound equipment to make the show better. Uh, it was always fun. Yeah, I think one of my favorites you did was the Kabuki curtain or whatever. Yeah, the white. We had a silhouette 
um, of them behind it, and then it would drop and then get pulled off to the side. That was where there were a couple scary moments where it didn't <laughs> fall correctly, and we'd have to uh, uh, to figure out that. <laughs> yeah, I think that was one of my favorites. Watching old shows, I I'd forgotten, I guess, that there were backdrops at some point that they would make and put up in the back, and then. I mean, I guess just recent years, it's been video or whatever, but I, I saw them with these backdrops up there and I thought that was interesting. I think that must have been like maybe after I left and before I came back that they were doing I know every now and then, I think there was something that we would let them bring on stage. We never would hang any backdrops. That was probably still in Mitchell um, mm-hmm. when when they did those before JPEG. Yeah, I think, I can't remember if somebody was telling me that that they do this at, at Baylor, maybe that they, they, low, does, yeah. they lower the, like not everybody has their backdrop hung up already. Right. They like lower right. it two minutes to get it affixed to the thing before it raises back up. Is that right? Yeah, they would bring the drop down, untie it. And then the next club would come on and hang theirs up and then it would fly out. Um, we have the capability to do that, but those backdrops are expensive and you have to really take care of them. So it's hard to, it was hard to do for us there. Yeah, I can't imagine that the timing of that. But plus, the difference with Baylor was they didn't have the same kind of host and hostess set that we did. So they would completely close off the stage and let that whole transition happen while there would be a video or just music or something. Uh, a little bit different style show, but it, they had some good shows. Yeah, you got to judge, didn't you? Get to go down there. Yeah, room? I judged one year. I don't remember what year that was. Um, I got to go down and judge and see some really great really great shows. It's a long show, but it's some good stuff. <laughs> yeah. I think it's fun to learn from, you know, other oh, yeah. schools. And I know they take things from us too, ideas over here, but um, I still want to go to Sanford and see theirs. I haven't been able to do that, but I think that'd oh, be yeah. fun. Um, what are some memorable creative or tech elements you saw clubs use? I mean, I know you mentioned the pirates and that kind of thing. Are there other memorable tech elements for clubs? Yeah, we. I remember when the Kappas were coal miners and they had the headlamps on their hard hats and they did a bit where they would turn them on and off in sequence um, for, I don't even remember what song it was, but they, they would uh, stand all along the front of the stage and then turn on the lights and do a little chase or spell something out. I don't know. I remember all of it, but it was it was fun watching them in rehearsals because they would it was hard to get it right, but it, I think it worked in the end. <laughs> yeah, I, I had not seen that show, and I watched it recently as we were just like watching as many old tune shows as we could, and that was pretty fun. I liked watching that. Yeah. Other things that jump out at you? Other fun club tech moments? Um, there was, you know, they only had so much space backstage to be able to store their props or anything. So it was hard for them to do too much. You know, it was great to see them be creative with building maybe a door frame that could be more than one thing or it would turn around and be a different sign or a box that somebody could pop out of. Yeah, it was. And, and they had they had a lot a lot to deal with already. So it was hard for them to do a lot of those things. Yeah, I think they found creative ways to fold things and get them in the in those yeah, boxes. Yeah, yeah, to, to stack Were it all those, up. Those backstage boxes, was that something that has been around before you or were you like... That also evolved over the years where they had space to be able to put stuff in and then there was a point where it was started to get out of hand and so we were like, okay, we need to kind of limit it and so that it evens the playing field so that everybody has the same amount of space or they couldn't bring something in 
you know, from bring it in off the street, some, you know, bring a car in or some giant thing that they could use. Um, but so we would, we would put the box back there of whatever size of four foot or a six foot box or something for them to put everything in. And then that was part of the transition of them coming backstage to get everything prepped while the number before them was happening and then be able to, uh, move it to the other side or get everything organized for when they come out and it's all ready to go and then put it away back at the end of their show. That's funny. I think we're probably not doing that. Like the last couple of years, I don't think people have been like prepping that. Th- those were your shift. Oh yeah. 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 They would bring three or four in as their pre shifters or whatever <laughs> and get it, get it all ready. If there was a few things that needed to be on the other side of the stage. Um, anything we could do to make the show go smoother and faster, um, was, was the goal for all of that. Well, I will remember that. I remember yeah. like, this was last year a student was like, what do I give you my shifters? What are my shifters? And I was like, well, I don't know. Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've done that in the last couple of years, but that's a really good idea. I will remember that Okay, <laughs> from the King of tunes on the podcast. Yeah. I think there've been some really fun, you know, tech elements. I love how they've gotten creative like i loved the e outer space like antennas that lit up oh yeah oh that was really cool and the kappa nerd lockers when they'd open up and have lights in oh i remember the lockers yeah they cool. would open and close the doors with lights inside them yeah, yeah i remember that yeah yeah i'm gonna miss the the fun creative stuff this fall but maybe we can do tunes in the spring and get to see some fun stuff yeah uh, is there something about tunes or the production that you know, like a behind the curtain, something that the average tunes uh, participant or tunes fan watching tunes wouldn't realize about what it's like to put tunes together. It's hard to do. Um, like I said, anything we could do to make this show go smoother or faster was uh, we would do everything we could. Um, I, I would always put a lot of pressure on myself to do a good show. Um, you know, we would add the complex technical things of the lights or the kabuki or whatever was, you know, we wanted to make it more exciting, but those were hard to do because something could go wrong. And so you want to make sure it works. Um, but the clubs themselves put together so much work with all of their, you know, lyrics and their choreography and making their costumes and then coming in for JPEG rehearsals. It was doing all of that while going to school was for students that may not do this. You know, they may be a science major or a business major and they're not, you know, a choreographer. And so it was, it was a lot, a lot that these students were doing uh, to put on this show. And then it all just happened and everybody thought it was great and exciting. So it, it's hard to do all of this. <laughs> and then I do remember one of the hardest things that we did was when we decided to switch the club order each night of the show, mm-hmm. that was craziness where we would because every year it was just, you know, we would print the program and the clubs would do it all in the same order. And then we decided to switch it up so that it wasn't always the same club going first show on Thursday and then Friday. That was really complicated because we had to add the the way it worked with the lighting cues and the sound cues and, and then the logistics of getting the club to the stage at the right time was all very complicated. Um, and I guess you were still doing that last year. Um, yeah. That's something that people probably don't realize how hard it is to do that. Yeah, I know it's a ton of work. We try to do everything we can to make it as fair as possible, you know. So I right. think 
you know, people not saying, well, they were the last show, so they got the best score. Mm-hmm. They were first or whatever. It is a ton of work to try to make that happen, though, I'm sure. Like, I don't even know how all of that works and all the lighting and sound stuff, but every night I just come in and it's magic because you've worked <laughs> so hard. Or... And, and that's the goal for the technical side is to make it look like magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that I'm I'm not missing some of the stress of what's going to feel like to be, you know, live doing all the, the show, but I am missing quite oh, a yeah. bit the fun and excitement of it. Uh, are there things that, that you implemented during your time being in charge of tunes or in JPAC that um, folks would remember and that would be something that you really brought to tunes? Uh, well, I think I, I mentioned the, the projection. That was something that we added that had not been done before. So that was uh one thing that we changed and then that was used in other shows too in jpac for you know festival christmas and the musicals and all the other stuff that happened in there too adding more lighting we would always try to get more more lighting and um or different microphones to make the host and hostess sound better or we would rent equipment or even purchase things over the years to add to the technical side and again it's that stuff that the audience might not even never might never even notice but for us it makes a better show and then they have a better experience watching the show. So adding lights or something to it and giving the clubs opportunities to do more things like switching it around and, and adding uh, box storage for them backstage, which was stuff that we did all the time. Yeah. I think, you know, normally we kind of bank on making quite a bit of money on tunes so we can put a lot into the production and this year right. we're really on a shoestring budget because we're not sure oh, yeah. how much folks are going to, um, be giving so I gave them the challenge to we didn't rent anything it's just use whatever you've got in JPAC and they've done a really great job I mean it, it looks really good and uh, they've you know pieced everything together and it's, it's fun we've got the tune sign hung and the okay, LEDs yeah. working there and you know like you said it's a teaching moment you know uh, Josh has done bits and pieces of lighting over his like four years as a student and he's done all the lights for the host for Rewind and uh, it's been pretty, pretty great to see him, you know, grow Josh Salmon over the years and, and put everything to get together for this year. So that's great for students to learn stuff like that. I will say one thing about, you mentioned the tunes sign. A lot of people don't know that sign is that sign weighs about 500 pounds. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's hard to put up and take down. So, uh, but it's a classic part of tunes, so it needs to be there. Yeah. We were, we're thinking about, you know, maybe, thinking of a new kind of tune sign that we can incorporate, but using that one in some different ways, you know, being okay. able to change stuff out. Um, I think the main thing is they would like something lighter. <laughs> to yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> I think Nick was like, can we try like styrofoam or maybe, oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe lucite? I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, yeah, that's been fun. I'm glad it's back up. I told them I don't really have any, like thing I have to see this year and rewind, but the tune sign. I just of need you yeah. can. I don't care what up. you do with it, but just put it up. And so <laughs> luckily, every they put it back up, and all the lights worked, and so it's been oh, good, been fun. I know you shared your favorite show, but if you had to guess what alums and students chose to appear and rewind this weekend, like most popular show for clubs, are there any guesses that you would have on what might pop up this weekend oh. at rewind? Wow. How far back can you go? I don't know how far back tunes. We had, all videos, tunes we had videos all the way to 1990. Oh, wow. Okay. So. Well, I remember, I know one a more recent one though, uh, the Ada doctors when yeah. they were throwing babies. That was a good show. I think a lot of people would vote for that one. I hope, 
Um, I remember the e-toy shop was a really good one. They had, I think that was when I was still a student and they had the set on stage where the, there was uh, like marionettes hanging inside it. Uh Uh, Pretend hanging, of course, but um, (laughs) I remember that was, that was a really good show. Uh, We mentioned the, I mentioned the Kappa coal miners. I like that one, that one too. That was a good show. Um, There's so many, gosh, I'd have to watch all of them to see which one to pick. Yeah. I'm glad we have the archive, you know, it's not complete. We're still trying to piece some things together. And even after voting, we, we've got 1986 and 87 now that will be added. So we're trying to get it there on the scholarly commons, but um, we were not going to do any host things in the pre-show, you know, the fourth floor guys, they wanted to be a part of the show, but I really wanted to keep the main tunes rewind for those that had actually worked to produce shows that aren't happening, you know, to make it special for them. Uh, but we, you know, we did the pre-show. So we've got the S's and Coyote Sigma and those folks. And I thought we're not going to run any host stuff. We're just going to roll these early shows until I pulled up 1990 and saw the opener and it's going to be the opener of tunes rewind. I, I was in tears. I mean, it oh, was wow. like, awesome giant 80s hair you know early oh 90s. yeah awesome and the corded great mitchell <laughs> oh yeah you have the point of grace members are in it and they were doing their corded mics and they all put them down on the ground and go and do a dance break and i thought this has to be in tunes this is like <laughs> my favorite thing right now a, a throwback to all of tiger tunes yes so we will oh. rewind to 1990 for the opener of the pre-show i just gosh i hope you mentioned the S's. I, somebody has to vote for road barrels or, or telephone poles, all of those crazy ones that they did. Those were a lot of fun shows to watch. Mm-hmm. Blades of grass. Grass. I could still, I, I probably still remember some of those lyrics from all of those shows. Yeah, I think they were lobsters when I was a student, which was lobsters. really fun. I like the lobster show. I can still sing a lot of those lyrics. They were fun. Um, yeah, so we're looking forward to Rewind. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Why do you think Tunes is so popular and why does it just continue to grow in popularity and keep getting more and more people to come, that sort of thing? Well, obviously it has a great history um, of people enjoying the show and being in the show. I know it's been around long enough that there are students in the show whose parents were in the show. We've mm-hmm. had second generation host and hostesses um, over the years. And I'm sure many of the clubs have lots of people that had their parents in the show. Um, It has so many moving parts to it with the clubs and with the host and hostess and then everything that's involved with putting the show on affects really the whole campus. Um, So the students put so much time and energy into it, you know, for their rehearsals and, and all of that uh, energy kind of bleeds out onto the campus. Hopefully they don't miss classes. Um, but there's, there's just a lot of weight behind all of it from its history and and the energy that everybody's putting into it. It does so much for students scholarships. Obviously the whole point is to raise uh, money for students. So I hope the students realize that what they're a part of is helping their fellow classmates. Uh, and it makes a big impact to, Washita and then the history of, of them being at the school. Yeah, it was fun to go back and watch some of the other earlier years, like 2006. There weren't, like, not every club was in it. I'm sure right. some might have been in trouble, some for different reasons. But, <laughs> um, you know, now we, this this fall, we have 11 clubs eligible. 
Wow. And so to think of that many students involved and, you know, that many family members that come and that sort of thing. Yeah. It's exciting. There's to watch no it. way we would be able to sell all the tickets for that. There's no <laughs> way everybody would get tickets. <laughs> You'd have to add more shows or something. That was one problem we were talking, we were talking about, you know, if we tried to do tunes in the fall and we had to distance everybody and like only 200. Oh, there's no way. I mean, yeah, I don't know how we would fit everybody in there, but we wouldn't oh fit everybody in there. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. So those may be challenges at future tunes we have to figure out, but yeah, for now we'll just let everyone watch for free. <laughs> yeah. Let tunes rewind and do that. Uh, I know there's so much emotion and energy in tunes like you were talking about, uh, especially that final show, everyone's so keyed up. Um, what do you think it adds to that feeling of, you know, the emotion of the final night? What do you think creates that? I think the last few minutes of the show are probably the most exciting because when all the clubs come back in, for the mega mix to cheer on their friends and anticipation of the awards that are about to happen. I can still remember sitting in there, you know, and all the clubs come in and they're screaming, hopefully not enough to ruin the show, but they're so loud and excited uh, and, and ready for, you know, the big awards to be announced. There's just so much energy there that it's always really exciting um, to, for that, the last minute of the show or so. Yeah, that was one of my um, biggest tunes fights was uh, a JPAC technical director that came after you that said the clubs couldn't come in anymore. <laughs> oh, man, I was, yeah. I was heated in that discussion and uh, glad that we were able to still keep that tradition of clubs coming in. We, we still had those discussions while I was there um, of the way to do it the right way and safely. Um, but, you know, and so that it wouldn't it wouldn't disrupt the show too much. That was the other problem was you know, you put 400 people in there that scream and then you can't hear the show. So, <laughs> but yeah, it was still awesome. exciting for them to be there and be, be in the last few minutes of the show. Yeah. It does, it's probably not any different noise level than just a regular night of E alumni in the audience. Oh, of course not. <laughs> um, have there been moments that have been moving or emotional for you at tunes? I know that, I mean, you're a tech guy, so you can't, you know, cry too much and, blow up your soundboard back there, but um, have there been memorable, like moving or emotional moments for you in your time kind of directing the show? I, yeah, putting, putting the technical elements together for me was my goal. And so I would get attached to that, I guess you could say. And so I guess I could get emotional when it looks great on stage for whatever lighting moment it is, or, Oh, the sound is really nice and everyone is, in, is doing great on the show. Um, I definitely had a lot of emotions through the show because I would lose a lot of sleep. And so, you know, I could get tired or angry. Um, I've snapped at some people before, I'm sure. But, you know, it was all in the moment and it's gone. You know, I, there was always a problem to deal with. Something would not work or, or uh, we would have to try and fix something either quickly in the show or, you know, or to get it ready for the next one. So there was a lot of things i guess i had a lot of emotion tied into the technical side of it to make sure that the show worked well and uh and everybody had a good time um it was all worth it though because you know in the end everybody enjoys the show and they remember um seeing their friends on stage and or doing the show so um that was that was the best part of it that's funny. I still, you know, I got asked this question in a class I was speaking at, you know, what, like my favorite event moment. And I was like, it's the the end of tunes, like every night. Is yeah, it like yeah. one of my favorite things? Like, 
and when everything works right too, I'm, I'm not even in charge of that. But like when, when the confetti fell this last year at tunes, I was just like, this is my best life. Like my favorite, you know, <laughs> everything or when they did the, the wicked finale a couple of years ago, oh, just yeah. to like peek in the back and watch it and all the old hosts coming back and being on stage was so fun. But yeah, um, well, yeah. what you said, when everything happens in the moment and it all is perfect, that's when, when you get the emotion of, okay, this is great. I'm enjoying this. Yes. I haven't slept for three days, but <laughs> this is all worth it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's where like being in charge of alumni relations too. I just want them to love Washita. You know, like I want everybody in there to, to leave being like, that was the best and loving the school and loving their alma mater. So I think that's part of why, you know, the end of tunes every night is like just an awesome part of what I get to do and get to see everybody oh, yeah. enjoying it. Switching to non-tunes Washita life for you. You know, we have this section on the podcast called Fast Fay Fives, just finding out five memories about your time at Washita or five things. So who would you say was a favorite professor? Did you have a favorite professor? Well, I was mass communications major uh, and I had a lot of classes with Dr. Bill Downs. I really enjoyed enjoyed uh, working with him. He he was great because he was very dry, dry sense of humor, and he never was afraid to tell you exactly what he thought about what your paper was or what you were working on. Uh, I wasn't a great student, so he showed me a lot of mercy. Um, uh, but he was he was a he was a great teacher. Fun. Any um, favorite courses, favorite classes you took? Well, like I said, I wasn't a great student, so I <laughs> I, I didn't have great class time. Um, uh, I, I liked doing uh, the video production because I was doing the technical stuff for everything. And so um, being able to shoot video and edit and then do the, the, the wash show that was there in the studio, um, working with Dr. Osman, uh, he was great as a teacher for all of the video stuff too. Any least favorite courses? It's not on the Fast Fave Fives, but anything that you oh, dreaded? Least favorite, least favorite, anything math related i'm terrible at math so i hated hated that <laughs> <laughs> yeah same Had a terrible math class here it was the worst thing ever um you know we we like to talk about our favorite thing uh and to eat in the calf or waltz i guess it was waltz for a little bit of time with you yeah i my i had waltz for the first two or three years i don't remember when the new calf opened i think that might have been my junior or senior year but i remember walt uh in the in the old waltz cafeteria uh, for sure. Uh, and then the new, the new calf was always, was very exciting to be able to go to. Um, my favorite thing. Well, I, I remember still the Saturday night steak and shrimp tickets, uh-huh. uh, where you go and give them the ticket and you get a six shrimp or whatever it was. <laughs> um, I think I probably ate in Chick-fil-A though, more than anything else, you know, uh, cause we were in, had a quick turnaround between classes or something. And so I would just go over there or I would have to finish classes, uh, grab some food and then go to JPEG for rehearsal or something. So I was always going to Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Anna Lloyd was on the podcast last week and she, you know, that started while we were here, the Chick-fil-A opened and she said she thinks she ate there like every day. And I think we probably I'm sure did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> so much chicken. So favorite spot on campus, not maybe JPAC because you just, Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> that's, that's easy. It's JPAC. I was there all the time. Um, Any other memorable yeah. spots? Yeah. Just being out, out on the, the open, you know, where the tiger is and just out on the main part of campus, seeing everybody uh, walk to and from classes. Everybody's so friendly. You know, you say hi to everybody when you're, 
passing somebody going from your dorm to the class or over to the CAF or something. So it's just being on campus is so great for, uh, for everybody, but definitely I was in JPEG all the time. <laughs> I wish you had a number of hours in that building. I can't even imagine how many hours. Well, I mean, millions. Tiger, Tiger Tins <laughs> was most of them. So <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of time for sure. You know, now JPAC is like one of our biggest classrooms with the COVID changes. So they're, okay. they're having like biology class in there and business classes in there and stuff, which has been really interesting. So wow. I think what, you know, tunes used to be the only thing really going on, but now they're, they've got classes in there. They're doing refuge yeah. in there, even during tune yeah. season. It's been an adventure. They have this really cool big screen and it has a camera on it that will follow you. If you're the one talking in the room, when they're cool. zooming. So like if you're in the audience and you have a question, the camera automatically zooms to you. I thought that was kind of cool. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. It's fancy. Um, do you have a favorite wash on memory? Any, or a couple of them, uh, oh. moments that were memorable to you? Well, all of J- stuff in JPEG, you know, I did musicals with the theater department and the music department working on, opera and festival christmas even in the summer we had super summer and praise works and joy works and there was stuff going on there all the time um just being a part of all of those things for so long was really uh, i guess you could say it's made me who i am because i've i learned so much on all of those and got to work with so many people um, uh, favorite memory other than that i guess probably Going through classes, gosh, it's hard to pick a specific thing. Um, I don't think I could do it either. So I don't think I can. <laughs> so are there certain like skills or things you learned during your time at Washaw, either classroom or in JPAC doing, you know, work study, that sort of thing that have contributed to where you are now in your career at Disney? Are there things that have come in handy? Obviously some tech kind of knowledge, obviously, but what are some things that come to mind there? Yeah, since we were adding technical things, I was learning more about lighting programming or sound equipment or different things. So all of that stuff is cumulative and adds up over the years. So uh, I still use a lot of that same stuff today. A big part of working on these shows is the collaboration between the, you know, a director and a costumer and a choreographer and what the clubs are doing, all of those things. And, and then in the musical, it's working with the director. And that's, that's still important with, with what I do uh, on the technical side. But even, even outside of technical side, when you're working with other people, learning how to collaborate with somebody, being able to see what they want and how to put it out there um, or find a way to work better with somebody to get some end result. Um, that happens in, in more than just theater um, for it's all, every kind of, uh, every area. Um, and so a lot of that is because Washtaw is an educational space, then those things still carry over into life uh, after you've left. Um, students that learn how to direct a Tiger Tunes show are gonna use some of their planning experience of working with other people once they get into their job as a, as a doctor or a lawyer or whatever they end up doing. Uh, any last thoughts for your Washaw family out there listening today? Wow. Um, everybody remembers what their time was like. So try and, uh, you know, if it was a short four years or 
17 years, you know, you've got to, it's hard to, to pick one specific thing. So I, I mean, trying to think back of what my time was there, it's re remember everything that you had while you were there uh, and enjoy it. Anyone that's a current student, just enjoy um, what you're getting to do there. Awesome. Well, we are continuing to build on your tradition of excellence with tunes. And even though it's a weird year, but we're thankful for 17 years of awesome tunes history with you and uh, do our best to keep the legacy alive. here. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I, I hope it goes well. Thank I can't you so wait much. to watch it. I was going to say, I hope you tune in uh, this week. Oh, I will. Um, yeah. Super proud of all you're doing at Disney. You're just incredible. And uh, thanks for, uh, just being a great advocate for Washtaw all the way down in Orlando. So appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Tiger for Life podcast. Be sure to rate and subscribe so you won't miss out on future episodes. Oh,